0: Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's event and volunteer operations coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly
1: to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our One Goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org, or click
0: on the link in the episode notes.
1: This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our Gold 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes.
0: The reason I ride Pelotonia is because they gave me, my dad, four
2: years with stage four colon cancer, which is unheard of. I still question the reason, you know, why? Why me? But then later on, I found out why.
1: Welcome to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. We're a community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research through a three-day experience of cycling and volunteering. I'm your host and Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an amazing community and it's through research that we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners, the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. Whether it's a cancer diagnosis or something else, during any challenging situation, you're bound to ask yourself the question, why? Why something happened to you or a loved one? In many cases, as frustrating as it can be, it may take time to receive clarity or closure. In this story you're about to hear, two women found themselves in the midst of their own challenging journeys. But through Pelotonia, they found support within each other and our community. They would also soon be able to, at least in part, answer that question, why? We'll begin with Selena Browning, who started her own journey when someone close to her received that diagnosis no one wants to hear. This episode has been titled, Finding Their Why. In 2015,
0: in the spring, my dad uh, went to a an appointment because he thought he was having a gallbladder attack. And when they got in there, they realized that he had uh, stage four colon cancer. He was definitely um, a, there was no quit in him. And uh, it was, there was no question we were going to put, throw all the things against the wall and fight. So, uh, he went through a standard chemo and we went back in April of 2016 and, um, he had seen his primary care oncologist in Dayton. And, uh, she had explained to him like his test results and the cat scan or not the cat scan, but the pet scan. And, um, I said, okay, well, let's like talk to the doctor, the James to see next steps. And, um, we saw the doctor and, I think the doctor said the same thing uh, at the James that the doctor in Dayton said, but he said it in a way that we understood that my dad was in remission. So I started thinking about like, I, I'm big on, um, owing the universe. And so I felt like I, uh, you know, the universe had given us this gift that, you know, he was in remission and that like, it was time for me to like pay it forward. And so I was off to the races on my bike and I trained my first year on a really super duper heavy cruiser and I rode my first Pelotonia on a beach cruiser and honestly it tra- it it transformed me physically. I lost a lot of weight, 140 pounds in like my first year and a half of training with Peloton. You
1: lost 140 pounds?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. But in my first year, uh, they approached me, Team Buckeye approached me with this I Ride For You program, which would pair you with uh, a survivor. And lucky for me, my survivor was Betty.
2: My name is Betty Scipio. I'm originally from Jamaica. I'm an island girl. Um, This all started when my doctor, my primary care doctor found a lump in my throat and advised me to go seek um, treatment for it and find out what's going on. I had a biopsy done in 2010 and it came back negative. So I was fine. I went in in 2014. um, I wasn't feeling well. My throat has felt different, um, sore. I went in for my follow-up and I was asked to do a blood work, found out there was a cyst that burst in my throat. Two weeks later, I went back in, had a biopsy done. On December 18, I got a call from my endocrinologist with the results of my biopsy and came, she told me, you have papillary carcinoma. I break down. She sat on the phone with me for about an hour. She told me what I need to do. That Friday I went went in to see her and she told me, don't worry about it. It's gonna be taken care of. All you need to do is follow all the steps. And so they went in. I did a total thyroidectomy where they remove all my thyroid. Two weeks later, I was told that you're gonna be scheduled for radiation went and did radiation, my first testing of radiation March 3rd. And then on March 6th, I went in for my f- dose of radiation. Fortunately, I didn't have to take a lot. And then in November of 2015, I was told that they have no trace of cancer in my system. And so I was cancer free.
1: So that was like a year almost of, from the day you got diagnosed, December 18th, uh, all the way to November, you know, when you were declared cancer-free. You know, you mentioned, you know, when you got the call that it was cancer, you sort of broke down and lost it. What sort of, what hit you in that moment? Was it the, the fact that, you know, you had been told that it's a really low chance i think you said five percent chance you know the one in 20 chance you hit um and is that what you know struck the chord for you or so
2: it was that five percent chance and growing up in a religious home um i keep asking you know god like why why me it's just five percent chance you know why did i have to fall in that five percent chance of having it i still question the reason, you know, why, why me? But then later on, I found out why.
1: Betty, like, what was your, you know, you got to opt into this program, the Ride For You program. Like, what did you want to get out of it? Like, what was your initial thought?
2: At first, I love Google. And what I did was I Googled Selena, sorry, this is the I'll first time hearing this.
1: Yes, <laughs> so good. I, I always I always do research on people too with Google. Yes, no?
2: I Google Selena, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, because I love to put a face to a name. And it was like, okay, so when she told me let's meet at the home name ceremony, I was like, okay, fine. I know who I'm looking for, and that was the reason why I was. It was good when I met her. And I was like, oh, she's just all over the place. <laughs> but love her to pieces. This is true. She consoled me because that was my first opening ceremony. And it hit home for me. Yeah. Because there was a lot of cancer survivors there, their caretakers, supporters. And when they spoke um about the cancer survivor community, and what Pelotonia do for the the community, I broke down. And who was there but the great Selena? You know, I looked at it as, this is the reason why God put me in that 5% chance of having papillary carcinoma. Because I've met some wonderful people, and I've met Selena, so we were a perfect match. And, you know, like my uncle said, she's my sister that my dad never told anyone about. <laughs>
0: So that it makes sense now because I was like, "How did she know it was me?" And then I like kind of forgot about it five years later. But now I am learning all these deep dark secrets about Betty and <laughs> on this podcast. But uh, Betty is selling herself very short in this conversation because although Betty cannot ride she volunteers every year she's somehow at every one of my finish lines whether I'm at 25 or 55 (laughs) or 45 or whatever she's somehow volunteering in one city and also at my finish line in another city I don't know how she does it (laughs) you know it it she is uh you know a virtual rider. she is no never never hesitated to fundraise for the cause and reach out on my behalf or like i said obviously she's attended all my things but you know she really is a key you know volunteers are everything to pelotonia and she is a key one of those as well
1: speaking of the finish lines because you know as uh I was a rider long before I, I joined the team at Pelotonia and the finish line's emotional. Mm-hmm. <sighs> when you cross the finish line, you're tired Ooh. and you're exhausted. And, but it's also really emotional for the people waiting at the finish line too. And mm-hmm. so like describe that first, you know, the 2017 finish line, Betty, where, you know, you got to cheer on Selena and, you know, at some point after she finished meet up and give her a hug. And, and what was that like? <sighs>
2: What was it like 2017? Hot. Hot. It's usually um, hot. <laughs> there was, I've never been, it was in, where was it, Beaver hiver something up there back Bevelha- in the woods?
1: Bevelheimer Park. Bevelheimer.
2: Yes. And I went with my friend, mom. We tried to find somewhere to sit in the shade, but evidently there's no shade up in that place. So we went closer to the finish line, closer, And she was sending messages like how far she was and, you know, all that. And then her brother came along. And so all of us stand in one place and seeing her crossing that finish line was like going to like a rave party, I would say, because everybody was (laughs) like, screaming and taking pictures and hands in the ear and everything it was it was emotional i started crying um to see her cross that finish line in my honor along with her dad's honor and everyone else
0: the first year i wrote for betty was my second year so it was a you know going from 25 that's like two and a half hours of writing you know once you stop and everything and 550, that's like next yeah, level. It's double, you know? yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I I was so relieved. Um, and so um it is so emotional and overwhelming to see like all those people you care about be there to support you, um, and just be so happy for you. And and but to be honest with you, that finish line <clears throat> was easy compared to the next year. The next year uh was a really really hard finish for me because i had um i had it the next year was when it was so hot and everybody everybody died in 2018 on the and there were sag vehicles running crazily and i had terrible cramping and i worked through all that thank god for some pickle juice but pickle right juice is uh, a savior it cramping. is yeah. and like um but a mile away from the finish line my bike just started to fall apart and oh, like they oh. ca- they came to me like three and four times to like fix it and finally finally they were like maybe time to call it quits and 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 they you know and, and obviously their first concern is my safety and i'm like i'll just walk. And they're like, no, no, that's no. mm -mm." And uh, so they did did try to support me as much as they can. But in the end, I ended up coming in through a SAG vehicle because my bike legitimately, things just started falling off. Uh, And so I was devastated. I was so heartbroken. It was the 10-year anniversary for Pelotonia. Mm -hmm. And I was a disaster. And... uh, (sighs) nobody let me be a disaster for like more than 45 seconds. <laughs> I got there and they're like, what's this? Like you, you just 44 miles. I was like, but not 45. Uh. <laughs> and so to be honest with you, um, that was a much harder finish line because I didn't really actually get to finish. And so having somebody like Betty there and my family there to be like, that, that, that's like not a thing. And you know, Pelotonia is great about this. This isn't a, this isn't a race. It's a ride. We don't care it's how not far a race, you go. It's a ride, yeah. Right. And that's how I recruit everybody. And, but they had to like remind me of my own words and use them against me because you know, you work really hard, you, especially when you work through all the physical aspects of it. I was like, Nope. I worked through all the cramping, I'm golden. like, And then for my bike to fall apart at the 11th hour, the 44th yeah, mile, I was like so sad. <laughs> but by that afternoon, uh, like I always throw a post Pelotonia I survived party um, at my good friend's um, bars. And so uh, by that afternoon, I had already forgotten about it.
1: Uh, Selena. You know, you participated for in Pelotoni for a number of years prior to your father's passing, and I'm curious if there's a favorite memory that sticks out to you uh, that he was involved in.
0: My dad never missed a finish line. This last year in 2019, um, he was really having a lot of pain for the first time, like, you know, um, I think we all expected when the cancer came back for it to be like it was the first time, which was really pretty uh, minimal in pain and and like I said, side effects earlier, but um, definitely when it came back um, the last time, he had a hard time standing for a long time and, um, and walking. So, Um, the fact that he was standing at my finish line and um, there's a picture of me crossing and it's a picture of his um, back is to me or back is to the camera and he's waving to me across the finish line and knowing um, how hard that was for him during that time and um, being there and making sure that, you know, there was never a finish line that he wasn't at. So that was honestly one of the, my biggest fears this year was crossing that finish line without him. So I just, um, he was the strongest uh, person that I knew. It was just very telling that like he, he pushed through all that, uh, pain to make sure that I knew that he was there because there was a lot of discussion leading up to it. I didn't want him to feel obligated. And I know I knew he supported me, you know, but that was not a question for him. You know, he was going to be there. Um, if it meant he had to like, crawl over broken glass <laughs> to get there. So, um, that's really, um, indicative of who my father was. And, um, and also he instilled that in me, you know, there's nothing that once I decide that I'm gonna do something that I do it and I get that grit from him
1: for sure. How did cancer, in Betty, obviously you had cancer, you know, you were a cancer patient at one point. How did that shift your perspective on life?
2: So that's just my perspective on life to live every day, like it's my last. Um, I do stuff that I would not normally do because, um, I think that in the back of my mind, I keep living with what if that, what if is, if it came back, if the cancer came back, I won't be able to do all these things. So in 2018, I booked me and my uncle a ticket, and we took off to Italy. Um, now I'm planning, a, I was planning on going somewhere else this year, but COVID just steps right in and say, slow down. Yeah, no plans, no sad.
1: plans for anyone during COVID.
2: <laughs> I know. And so I get up every day, and I just do something totally different. Um If it wasn't for COVID, I'd probably be speaking to you from somewhere else in the world. Um, Because I keep that what if is still in the back of my mind, even though I'm cleared every year. But I just think that I was just being relaxed. And there I go. I got hit with cancer. So I just live every day like it's my last.
1: Wise words. Um, And Selena, you're... Curious to hear your perspective, you know, you watch someone really close to you battle this disease and what has that experience as being a caregiver, you know, a loved Mm -hmm. one, how has that changed your perspective on your life?
0: My career was made on uh, controlling situations as an event planner. It's your job to step into chaos and assess the situation and put out all the fires and dealing with, um, the roller coaster that was my dad's cancer journey, it quickly made me realize that we don't really have control of anything. None of us do. And um, I feel like ultimately um, the reason I ride Pelotonia is because they gave me, my dad four years with stage four colon cancer, which is unheard of. And so, yeah. like, I don't regret any of that, and um, and I took advantage and made sure that you know we celebrated every moment that we could together. So I just think it's an attitude of gratitude, um, and really having, uh, the ability to keep perspective. If you would have told me that I'd be divorced and I'd be working at in my dream career at Ohio State, and I'd be best of friends with Betty and and so passionate about something like Pelotonia, I wouldn't have known what any of those words meant. (laughs) So like, I just, I think for me, the message is, um, is let go of of the perfection and what you think your life is supposed to be and let the universe surprise you.
1: What did uh, each of your Pelotonias look like this year? Obviously with the pandemic, you know, we had to make a lot of changes, you know, to what Pelotonia looked like. But um, I'm really proud of how our organization pivoted and shifted. And we really, you know, we wanted to put Pelotonia in everybody's hands and let people define their own. So uh, really curious what what the both of you ended up doing for your Pelotonias.
2: Um, so I, one of my goals was to walk 200 miles. I did for Pelotonia from june until um, pelotonia weekend i did 300 plus miles walking wow um my other goal was is to raise 500 dollars and so i'm at i think i'm at 350 right now
1: yeah
2: i'm trying to get i want to go above 500 but
1: I love, it. I love it 300 miles of walking is a lot of miles
2: Yeah. And at the same time, I was doing um, summer steps for my job because for my job and during that time. So,
0: yeah, my goals this year um, were hard um, for me to come up with just because they felt very personal. And this year Peloton was already very personal to me. And so I just struggled with how could I ever honor my dad, you know, like in a way that was enough enough. And so this year, uh, my Pelotonia really came down to five things. And, um, the first one w- is my Pelotonia goal is to ride my bike to vote. Uh, my dad was a community organizer That's amazing. and he, um, He was passionate about um, my generation and younger generations getting out and really exercising their vote. And so I thought what better way to honor him than to ride my bike to do that. Um, My second goal was to volunteer 71 hours uh, that is representative of the age that my dad was when he passed away, um, which if you ask me is far, far too young. And um, my next goal was to do 48 random acts of kindness. my dad really believed in giving back and uh, he was born in 1948 so that tied to that and then I um, had a goal of monthly riding 112.4 miles which was representative of the round trip uh, miles that it was for me to visit him every Sunday in Dayton so I did that every month and then my last goal was to raise more money than I've ever raised and that is $10,000 and I'm happy to say that I'm closing in on that miraculously it's
1: big that's <laughs> yeah big. <laughs> it is
0: it is big i i always uh bite off probably more than i could chew but because i have this incredible community of support somehow they make sure i always get there
1: it's fascinating to see how two completely independent situations can lead a couple of strangers into a close friendship that's the answer to their why now, Selena and Betty know who will be there when the next challenge arises. We're thankful for their willingness to share their story for this podcast and for the support of our major funding partners who make all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. This is what's next on One Goal. There, There's no greater feeling professionally for... Um, an oncologist than to walk into a patient's room who's got a, what otherwise is known as a fatal diagnosis, and you walk in the room and you say, I've got some really good news. Every year, I just stop and take a deep breath because it's it's just, there, there are no words to describe the emotion. And I think the emotions do come around how lasting Pelotonia has been since those early days. You've been listening to One Goal, a podcast from Pelotonia. Season two will be hosted by me, cancer survivor and chief operating officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar, with interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications team duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blauer. Produced, mixed, and sound designed at the studios of Westler Media by Vince Tornero. Additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Oren Judio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being so open and willing to share their stories. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as that will help others hear these empowering journeys. If you're curious about joining the Pelotonia community and making an impact on cancer research, please see the link in the episode notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.